We're going to discuss tonight several chuvas, several modern chuvas on a summer topic, topic involving swimming. This is something that was not really discussed by the earlier poskim, the Gemara or the earlier poskim. There are a couple of possible precedents for this in the Gemara, but no real discussion of the modern situation until the modern era, probably because social norms were such that the question would have been, to some extent, unthinkable. The question we're discussing is mixed swimming, men and women going swimming in a pool together, in an ocean together, in a lake together, or women going swimming in a place where men can see them, passerby, lifeguards, and so on. So, again, not, there's really virtually nothing about this in early postkin. There, there are one or two Gemaras which shed light on this, but nothing really directly discussing the, the modern scenario. And again, that's probably because this kind of thing was culturally, uh, culturally unthinkable. I was reading briefly in preparation for this an article on the history of women swimming. So they talked about, uh, men of course didn't think women you know, could swim seriously, but the article notes another challenge, another challenge facing women at the time, about a century ago, was what was considered acceptable clothing for women in public. They were required to be covered from head to toe in the water, and were forced to wear stockings, a skirt, and shoes into the water while swimming. The clothes were often made of heavy wool, making it harder for women to swim fast. You don't say, oh, I'm surprised they could swim at all, wearing clothing of shoes and clothing of heavy wool. But uh, in any event, you know, today women swim, of course. During the Olympics right now, women certainly do swim. Women swim in bathing suits. They swim in bathing suits uh, similar to those worn by men, and much of their body is exposed. And the question is, so what is the halach about this? Can a woman swim in the, in the presence of men, with men in the pool, where men can see her, lifeguards, and so on? And just to, uh, just, just to nail down a little bit the parameters of this discussion, we are not going to be discussing the question of women's sneers bathing suits, cover-ups, and whatnot. The postkin we're going to see are discussing women who are going to wear simple bathing suits where much of their bodies are exposed, we're not going to get into the question of uh, wearing clothing, but clingy, and shirts, and t-shirts, and skirts, and whatnot. We're discussing women who are wearing normal, modern bathing suits. Moreover, we will not be discussing questions tonight about age. If there is a problem, how old do the, does the child have to be before it's a problem? That's uh, a whole separate discussion. We're not going to be getting into that. We're going to be discussing the, I don't know, call it worst-case scenario, the, the, the most straightforward case, adult women, Adult women wearing normal bathing suits, much of their body uncovered, swimming in the presence of men, swimming together with men. So, as we've said, not much about this that I'm aware of. There are a handful of chuvas in the last uh, 50 years or so. Uh, the, chuvas are, the chuvas that I'm aware of are uniformly negative. Although, as we'll see, the, we'll see how the post can define what the problem is, and understanding what the problem is may will have ramifications for those more complex questions I mentioned about cover-ups and so on, but the, we'll, we'll, we'll see how a number of the post-gim discuss this. None of the post-gim, none of the post-gim on, on this list are remotely liberal. They range from, from strict Hasidim, who are uh, very strict about Inyane Tznius in general, to kind of moderate, uh, moderate centrist Litvish post-gim. I don't have, any, uh, I don't have anyone on the, on the more left or tolerant side, I don't know if there are any of stature. But before we begin, and as I said, we're going to be discussing some postkim of the last half century or so. There is one reference I saw, Ravad Yosef, whose chuva maybe we'll see briefly. Ravad Yosef brings one rel- slightly earlier chuva from Rav Chaim Palaji on the topic. Uh, Rav Chaim Palaji's chuva, is, he, 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 doesn't directly, he doesn't directly address the whether, whether mixed swimming is us or not. What he says is as follows. He says, places, uh, shore, you know, places on the shore, places on the beach, he says, are very problematic. Stringent Averis are, are, are committed there, he says, because men and women, young men and young women, boys and girls, go there to swim together, and they do Averis. He doesn't want to get into details, he says. He doesn't want to, be, he doesn't want to uh, tattle and speak ill of Klal Yisrael. He doesn't, want to, he doesn't want to get into the details of the terrible Averis that are done there. However, it's the job of the communal officials and the Rabbanim, he says, to do something to... Uh, they shouldn't let women go to the beach at all. 
even if she's sick and needs to take the waters for, for, for her health, he says, we shouldn't, we shouldn't trust that. He implies that would be a heter, but we don't believe her, he says. Anyone who lets his wife go there is going to, terrible things will happen to him, he says. People should stop their children, boys and girls, from going there. Uh, because certainly they're going to end up with all kinds of takalos, sumachalos, all kinds of averus and stumbling blocks. He doesn't actually articulate what he thinks is Oster. He doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't quite come out and say that the swimming together itself is Oster. It leads to other things. The, it, 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 lead, it leads to worse things. It can lead to all kinds of uh, improper, improper contact between the sexes. So it's, it, he doesn't define rigorously exactly what he feels is usher, what he feels is just a bad idea, because it leads to worse things, which anything that's not strictly usher may, may be societally dependent. So he, he clearly implies that uh, beaches and you know, poolside, beachside locations are, are bad. And he doesn't say pool, he says beachside locations are bad for Tznius, but he doesn't uh, define rigorously exactly what the problem is, what's usser, and what he just thinks is a bad idea. So as I said, we'll, we'll turn to several recent, recent chuvas on the topic, two by noted Hasidim, one by Ravadi Yosef, a Svardi. We'll begin with the chuvas of uh, Sefer Vayan David. Vayan David is a Hasidisha. He was a... Uh, he was a he's a rav in uh, he's a rav in I believe Antwerp. Interesting sefer. He, he definitely had definitely definitely has Hasidic opinions on uh, def, def, definitely tends toward definitely tends toward Hasidic values on a number of issues. He is Rabbi Chaim Yosef David Weiss, Dayan and rav in Yitzhak which is Atmer in Antwerp. So a uh, European Hasidic rav. But uh, interesting sefer. For him, he, he, he's a fair. He's a he's a rigorous uh, rigorous halachist. This tshuva is from Tufshin Mem Gimel, that's uh, 1983. The tshuva was written to Rav Yitzchak Tovia Weiss, who was uh, he's about 95 now. He's been the head of the Eid Haredis in Yerushalayim for a number of years. He was at Rav in Europe and Antwerp for many years. This tshuva is addressed to Rav Yitzchak Tovia Weiss. So I'm not sure if Rav Weiss actually asked him his opinion on, uh, on mixed swimming or he just wanted to encourage Rav Weiss to uh, get involved and take a stand on this. But in any event, he, he says he's writing to Rabbi Weiss regarding the, the pirza, the, the breach in the, in the modesty norms in our city, in Antwerp, where he says the, the women swim where, where men are there, male, males are there, non-Jews, he says. And they're they're visible. They, they they can be observed by by these men. And the lifeguards also are men. So what's the story with this? So let, let's consider what's the halacha about women swimming, where in the presence of men. So he begins with a gemara and gittin. The gemara and gittin is discussing is discussing the fascinating and somewhat provocative gemara. The gemara is discussing how uh, tolerant versus how strict should a man be vis-a-vis his wife. In terms of how, how close an eye should he keep on her, should he keep her locked up so she never gets out, make her wear chastity belts, and so on. So the so the Gemara says that there are three levels of strictness that a man can practice vis-a-vis his wife, and the extremes apparently are bad, and moderation is good. So what are the extremes? So the Gemara gives examples of what these extremes are. The Gemara says that Papas ben Yehuda. Papas ben Yehuda was a uh, was a uh, a real dictator, a real martinet. He would lock his wife in when he would leave, so she wouldn't possibly have any kind of contact with any other men. That is a bad idea. Rashi said it's a bad idea because it uh, it's bad for their relationship. This level of uh, demeaning behavior and distrust will cause him to. Similarly, uh, have little use for him, and eventually it'll actually go, go so far, it may go so far as causing her to Mizana. Anyway, it's a bad idea, the Gemara says. The middle approach, which the Gemara seems to fail, is, uh, is, is that the Gemara seems to fail is good. The Gemara says that what's good, it says, Midas Kaladam, normal behavior. He lets her talk. He lets her talk to her brothers and her relatives. That's okay. 
but uh, not to go around talking to random men. That's uh, that much he uh, objects to her doing. That's normal. That's appropriate. Too, too tolerant, too lax, he says, is someone who lets his wife do whatever she wants, no matter how immodest. She goes out, and she behaves in an immodest way, and she's not dressed properly, and and she bathes with other people, meaning with men. That, that he lets her bathe with men. The Mar says, with men? That's, that's what you're talking about? It means no. I mean, that certainly is, uh, is out of the question. But uh, he lets her bathe, he tolerates her bathing in a place, maybe there are no men there right now, but men are just leaving or can come in. It's still too close to men. Even that, the Gemara says, is too much, but certainly it's out of the question for him to allow her to bathe, uh, for a woman to bathe, where there are actually other men present. Uh, the, the Gemara goes on, the Gemara says, even, even this person, even this, even this madreg of a woman who's bathing not directly with men, even that is mitzvah minatara ligarsha, it's, it's a mitzvah for him to divorce her because she's not behaving uh, modestly. It's, he, modestly, it says, the Gemara says that, that, that such a woman, if, it's, uh, if the man is zoche, he'll divorce her. If he's not zoche, he will, uh, he'll wind up dying. So the, so the Gemara clearly thinks that it is a bad idea for women to bathe together with men. Yes? Wait, I have a question. But does he still have to pay the kids? Probably not. Good question. The answer would be no. The answer, I think, would be that if she, if she behaves in a way that the halacha says is improper, then she would forfeit the ksuba. We're not going to get into that in detail, but that, that is discussed by the Gemara and the post. So Rav Weiss, Rav Weiss brings, uh, they're both Rav Weiss, both correspondents here were Rabbi Weiss, Rav Chaim uh, Yosef David Weiss, Rav Tovia Weiss, or the, the author of the Vayan David, Rav Chaim Yosef David Weiss. He brings this Gemara, he brings Rashi, he brings Tosis. He, he discusses, he gets into a technical, technical discussion. He brings Tosis' comment on the Gemara. Tosis explains that when the Gemara says, Adam, how can you even talk about Rechetzas Imbne Adam? Tosis says that, based on Rashi, Tosis says that if she's Rechetzas Imbne Adam, that would be so egregious that he would actually be obligated to divorce her. It wouldn't be just a mitzvah. It would be something that the court would order him to do. He must break up with such a woman. If it's not Imbne Adam, then it's still inappropriate, it's Mitzvah Legarsha, but not actually a Chova. So Rav Weiss discusses this, he discusses d- different opinions in the Rishonim and Achronim, whether it's a Chova or a Mitzvah. There's an opinion, he, there's, there's an opinion that says that Menatorah is only a Mitzvah, Midrabanan it's actually a Chova, violating what the Chum say is also a terrible thing, it's Yichai uh, Misa for that, that's why the Gemara says Kovraso, but uh, but 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 midaraisa, it's only a mitzvah; it's not strictly mandatory. Then he brings a further machlokus that the Rama, when when he codifies this halacha, that uh, that the, the, a related Rama. The, 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 there's a Gemara in Ksuvos. The Gemara says the Gemara talks about the famous Overes Aldas Moshe of Yehudis, a woman who uh, diverges from the modesty norms. So one of the examples the Gemara gives, the Mishnah gives, the Gemara gives. Of a woman who's a vera saldas, a vera saldas uh, Moshe of Yehudis. So the Mishnah says that if she is, if she is tava b'shok medaberes in kaladim, she spins, does her some kind of work, uh, tech, spinning wool in the marketplace, and she talks to everyone, talks or flirts with everyone. So the Gemara explains what do we mean that she's tava b'shok? We mean she's marez rosel of neadim. She bears her arms to men. Again, it's not entirely clear if it just means she wears short sleeves or it means that she uh, deliberately somehow flaunts herself or somehow uh, exposes herself in a particularly uh, lascivious way. But Maris Rosel of Neadam, she exposes herself improperly to people. And that we, we pass in that way in Shulchan Aruch, that that is considered Overes Aldas Yehudis. It's against Minon Katsnius of Nos Yisrael. And if she does one of these things, she's considered a veris aldas, and she... So the consequences, as Simcha asked before, the consequences are tete below ksuva. She forfeits her ksuva. If he wants to marry her, we're not going to force... If he wants to stay married to her, we're not going to force him to divorce her, but she does forfeit the ksuva, and, uh, and he's supposed to divorce her. It's a mitzvah shiotziena, but it's not actually a chova. It's not, not kofinosa. Basin's not going to force him to, but she ought to be divorced. It's a mitzvah on him to divorce her. So there, however, the Ramah brings the Tshuva Sarashba, it's only if she's Regila Bakach, it's not if it's a one-time occurrence, it has to be something that is uh, habitual. All right, so Rabbi Weiss discusses 
different cheetahs in the Akronim, whether we do or don't paskin like that that, that, that it's only if it's habitual or not. But certainly, it's certainly that we have these two Gemaras. We have the Gemara that says that Rochetzah sim b'nei Adam is unthinkable. It might actually be a chiv to Megarisher, more than a mitzvah, if she's actually bathing together with men. And we have the other Gemara, the Gemara in Ksuvus, that says that if she, if she does so much as Mares Rosel of Adam, she exposes certain parts of her body, her arms, to people, that itself is grounds for, grounds for divorce. She forfeits her Ksuva. And again, it is a mitzvah legarsha. Whether it's, again, regila, she does it regularly, not regularly. Rabbi Weiss concludes that when it says uh, the Gemara in Gittin doesn't seem to say regularly, it just says he sees her go out and bathe, implying that even if it happens once, that, that, that's sufficient grounds to, uh, that, that's already sufficiently unacceptable. So he concludes that, that there's a difference in this point, that there is a, uh, that, that he, he concludes that, 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 that the examples the Gemara talks about in Ksuvos of Mara's Rosea, that's only if she's regular, but this thing about bathing with people, that's even, uh, that's even one time. She doesn't care about exposing herself in, the, in, a, in, a, in a pool, in a, in, in a bathing location to men. That's even a single time would, would, would give her the status of a vera saldas, be mitzvah ligarsha. So he says, certainly if she's regila, if a woman goes and bathes routinely in a place where men see her, men observe her, in the alma, it is a mitzvah ligarsha. Now he says, again, the Gemara is not talking about swimming. The Gemara is talking about bathing. Is there any difference between bathing and swimming? He says, no, he doesn't think so, he says. Why would you think there might be? He says, maybe you'll tell me, since she's busy swimming, she's not flirting, she's not, uh, she's not, enga- she's not engaged in enticing men, she's just going about her business, she's doing laps, whatever she's doing. So you might think that that's not such a matter of error, he says. Nope, he doesn't think that's a distinction, he says. He thinks the problem is the men can see her, he says. It doesn't matter what she's doing, whether she's busy uh, counting, you know, timing her breath and uh, pushing herself for another ten laps or so. It doesn't matter how preoccupied she is. The fact that the men can see her, that itself is enough to render this situation problematic, he says. That, that, that a, woman, a, woman, a woman is obligated not to uh, put herself on display for men, and therefore he says that that's a problem. He brings another Gemara in support of this, an interesting Gemara, the Gemara in Bavakama. The Gemara in Bavakama is discussing not the laws of Tznius, the Gemara in Bavakama is discussing primarily the laws of torts, of injuries, of, of, of shomer, of, of custodianship. So the Gemara talks about different, uh, different scenarios where somebody visits somebody else and brings an animal in. And the, the, the Gemara is discussing questions about who's supposed to be responsible for the animal. Is it the guest bringing it in? Is it the owner whose house it is? Is he, supposed, is he accepting responsibility? So there are various assumptions in the absence of an explicit stipulation, an explicit arrangement, who's going to be in charge. So there, there are various assumptions we make about who's assuming responsibility for the animal, for the visiting animal. So at one point, the Gemara says a svara that if the woman is engaged in baking, then there's an assumption that she has custody of the animal. Because Lamefa, when she bakes, kivan debayi she needs privacy, and she, because of concerns of modesty, therefore the, the man, the, the, the person whose chatzar it is, let's say, the, the person whose goat it is, the, the, the other person there, is not going to be there, because since she's engaged in baking men, it's not appropriate for men to be there together with her. Why not? Rashi says, because she has to use her arms. She has to uncover her arms for the kneading, I guess. She has to roll up her sleeves and get to work, and when she does that, it's not appropriate for men to be around, so the assumption is the man is going to leave, and therefore she has responsibility for the animals because she's going to be there and he's not going to be there. So you see, again, even though she's busy, she's engaged in work, she's busy doing, she, she's not just sitting there and, uh, and relaxing and, engage, and, and focusing on flirting, she's busy doing her work. But nevertheless, uh, nevertheless, he says, you see the same idea, if, if, if her body is going to be exposed, even just her arms, it is not appropriate for men to be there, and the assumption is that the men are going to leave. Again, maybe we can distinguish between baking and swimming. You know, baking, it's, you know, it doesn't need that much concentration. She's not in the water. She can certainly talk and carry on a conversation and flirt while she's baking. Maybe in the pool less so while she's busy swimming. But Rav Weiss doesn't, uh, doesn't make that distinction. He just says, you see from the Gemaris, and in Svari he thinks it's pushed this way as well, that the, it's pushed this way as well, that the that a woman, even while she's engaged in some constructive activity, 
still is not supposed to is not supposed to render herself on display to be observable in a state of uh, dishabil by uh, not probably not pronouncing that right by men. And if she does, that's unacceptable conduct, and that's you know mitzvah legasha. Certainly, it's uh, certainly that's against Allah. Rav Weiss now goes and mentions, takes another tack. He says, maybe you'll argue, at least with regard to the lifeguards, he says, there's a svara that there shouldn't be a problem with women exposing themselves in the presence of lifeguards because lifeguards are busy doing their job. They're engaged in professional activity of lifeguarding. Chacham Gadol Echad, he said. He heard that a certain Chacham Gadol, someone he respects apparently as a great Talmud Chacham, actually wanted to be lenient because of this argument. That since the lifeguards are engaged in their professional duties, there is not a tenuous problem. The analogy, of course, uh, the, the common analogy is uh, we go to, men go to women doctors, and women go to, uh, men to male doctors. Uh, women, women have male OBs sometimes. They, they can see them undressed. They can uh, look at their private parts. We do this. It's mutter. The post can, even, the, even the very strict, uh, even the Hasidic post can typically allow it. Again, they recommend, all else being equal, maybe it's better to find a doctor of the same gender, but meikra adin, it's mutter. And the principle is, the doctor is engaged in professional conduct, and we don't assume he's going to do an avera. Of course, it doesn't always work. We have uh, everyone from doctors who have been guilty of doing abominable things to their patients. We have gymnastics coaches who apparently uh, behave very badly to their charges. So obviously, the svar is not foolproof. Uh, nothing is foolproof. But there is a halachic rule that if someone is engaged in professional conduct, we assume that's at least something of a shield uh, that renders his contact with a person of the opposite gender that would normally be inappropriate, that renders it uh, acceptable. The source of this, the source for this is a Gemara Mbav The Gemara Mbav is talking about something rather different. The Gemara says a person is not supposed to gaze at uh, provocative sites sites that will arouse improper thoughts. Included in that, he's not supposed to gaze at animals while they are mating, because that itself can arouse improper thoughts. However, farmers, people whose job it is to engage in, uh, in breeding their animals, are allowed to actually involve themselves in such activity, certainly to look at what they're doing. They're allowed to practice, uh, practice animal, husbandry, animal husbandry techniques on their animals that involve mating. And they're and the reason is because because Rashi says on the, on the Gemara, this doesn't violate modesty norms because he's busy, he's busy focusing on his work. He's, he's, not, he's, not, uh, he's not indulging himself. He's not, uh, he's not, his, mind, his mind isn't going to be wandering into improper thoughts because he's engaged in, uh, he's engaged in his business. So this God will want to argue the lifeguard as well is engaged in his, he's hired, he has a professional duty to keep scanning the area and making sure there's no one in distress and no one's having any trouble. So he's busy with his professional duties. Therefore, in the same way a doctor is allowed to look at a female patient, a male doctor can look at a female patient, so too a male lifeguard can observe the female swimmers who are under his jurisdiction. Rabbi Weiss is not impressed by this argument. He says it is uh, a grave error, a serious error, for uh, several reasons. He says, he, he says that, he says that uh, over there he's actually busy, and the, the actually getting the animals to, to mate. There's actual work involved. He's actually bringing them together. He, he's physically involved. He says, he's a someone who's just mistakel. He's simply a lifeguard. He's simply he's simply standing there and, and watching and making sure that nobody's having trouble. You're going to tell me that such a person is so focused, his concentration is so great, that his mind can't wander onto the, the female forms that he sees in front of him? He says, Most of their time is Kalim uh, Bahevel, they're doing nothing. There's, there's, the, there's that line, I'm not sure where it comes from, about military service, about, it's, about how it's you know, 99% of the time is you know, sheer and utter tedium, and the 1% one, 1 of the time is just... Uh, panic and uh, horror and panic or something. The lifeguard, I guess, most of his time is just relaxing and just you know, keeping an eye on what's going on, except for those moments of adrenaline and, uh, adrenaline and, uh, and rush where, where he's actually trying to save somebody's life. So, but Lemaisa, the Rabbi Weiss says, most of the time the lifeguard is not exactly uh, deeply engrossed in his professional duties. He's just keeping a general lookout for things. 
So certainly he says uh, it doesn't make sense to say Moreover, he says the lifeguards actually have time to give swimming lessons. He says they can teach the women how to swim. They're obviously not so busy scanning the entire, uh, the entire beach that they can't afford to give some lessons. On the other hand, if they're actually giving swimming lessons then at that time, presumably they're avidate tarot. They're busy, they're busy teaching them how to swim. I don't know. But the mere idea, he says, of men teaching women how to swim, he thinks is appalling. Hanishma kazos b'chala olam, he says. Whoever heard of such a thing in the whole world, a man teaching a woman how to swim, he says. But anyway, he says, there's only one in a thousand that actually has to do something involving life-saving. Everything else is just precautionary. Furthermore, he says, when the Gemara says that avidate tarot, that we trust a... Uh, when the Gemara says that we trust a, a, a person not to be maharer, not to have impure thoughts while he's busy doing the work, he says, that's a Yisrael, that's a Jewish person who, had, who is sensitive to these norms of modesty. He's a Shomer Torah Mitzvah. It, it's only a Chashash. Maybe he'll, uh, he'll forget himself. So when he's busy, when he's busy working, he's not going to forget himself. But people who have very different, non-Jews who have very different standards of modesty and uh, gender norms, and he says, to say they're not going to be Mahara, he says, is, uh, it, it, it beggars, the, beggars the imagination. Furthermore, he says, our concern is not with them. The primary concern of the woman, he says, should be with herself. He kind of goes back and forth on this. First he says that, first he says that Avidite Tarot is a heter because it's the, you worry about the lifeguard, the lifeguard is Avidite Tarot. Then he says, no, but we're really worried about the women, he says. The women, should, who, who, they have an obligation of Tzniyus, and their obligation is not to stand exposed before men, regardless of what the men are actually doing. So it doesn't even matter if the men are engaged in doing something else. Chasmi Lahaskir, he says. Therefore, on, uh, based on these arguments, he says, it is absolutely problematic for women to go swimming in the presence of men. Anyone who allows his wife or daughter Sounds very paternalistic, but that's the language of the Gemara. The Gemara talks about what, what a person should let his wife do or not do. That's how he concludes. He says, anyone who lets his wife or daughter to go to such places, the person himself is a Russia, he's over Eldas. Not just the woman herself who chooses to do this is over Eldas. Their male uh, guardians who let them do this are over Eldas. And Afort Yori, the Gemara talks about Maraz Roseh. She simply exposes her arms. She says, this is a whole lot worse. Going out there in a, in a revealing bathing suit, he says that uh, Ofen Hanog, in the typical modern bathing suits, not like the ones from a century ago where they wore woolen skirts and shoes, but the bathing suits of today is, is Ofen Hanog, Kulam Erva, he says, and yes, the Dayanim, the, the religious leaders in charge of the city, they have to protest, Bukhal Tokef Oz, to Lahaver Gilulim in Haaret, to uh, remove this abomination from the land, he says, and uh, we really need to do this. The end of the tshuva, he refers you, he, he says, he also, he, he responded in a similar vein to a, a girl's school. A girl's school asked about singing in the presence of non-Jews. They had non-Jews custodians or staff or whatever they were. Could the girls sing in front of the non-Jews? And again, I guess the argument would have been that uh, maybe singing in front of Jews is not appropriate because we cause the Jews to have improper thoughts and they, they have mitzvahs about that, but the non-Jews have different standards. Maybe it doesn't matter. But he said, again, it's not, that, that's a problem. You're not allowed to do that it's on the same grounds. He said, the woman's obligation of tzniyus, she can't expose herself, uh, bear her body in front of men, even if those men are non-Jews. He says that that is a problem. Now, just a couple of words before we move on to some of the other tshuvas. Just a couple of words on the last section of the tshuva, the, the middle section of the tshuva, where he discussed the idea that erva concerns may not be as grave where someone is, in, someone is engaged in professional conduct, this is actually something that many posts can discuss, often in the context of singing. If a person is, going to, uh, is a musician and is going to accompany women singers, or he's a lighting technician, a stagehand, or he some kind of... Uh, he's involved in the performance, uh, in a performance that has female vocalists, posts can actually do engage with this question of whether... As far as I'm not simply a spectator, I am uh, I'm involved in my professional duties, moving around scenery, uh, moving, uh, controlling the lighting, and so on. Post can actually discuss whether we can have a heter here of Avidite Tarid, and you know, it is an idea that is taken seriously. The Kenyan Tarab Halacha has a long tshuva on it where he is not happy with it. He, he was talking about a, a bal tshuva. He was a uh, musician, a music teacher, and he wanted to know if, uh, if he could continue to, uh, 
to continue his job, his parnasa, by teaching music, and not have to worry about the woman singing or whatever they were doing, he says, because he's engaged in his parnasa, so he's, and he, uh, Rav, Rav, the, the author of the Kenyan Torah, the author of the Kenyan Torah, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi the, also, all, also, also considers the possibility that, uh, that, that, the, that maybe Babidate Tarit, maybe the fact that he's, it's a job, it's business for him, so maybe it's, uh, maybe it is, we discussed previously with regard to Tishabav, with, with regard to music with Manazeh, we discussed the Svara that if you're not playing music for, for joy, just for business, maybe it's more lenient, this is kind of an analogous Svara, if you're not, if, that if you engage in the business of music, the work of music, so maybe that Bavidate Tarit, he says a Rav Chashuv Echad was, was lenient, a certain distinguished Rav was lenient, the, the author of the Kenyan Torah himself does not agree, he wrote a long tshuva in which he argues that it doesn't work like that, he has a number of reasons why he doesn't think that the, you're actually involved in that, you're involved in the music and so on, he says he doesn't think that this is a, uh, he doesn't think this is a good analogy, he says he thinks that he thinks that this is a problem. I saw that Rabbi Shlomo Aviner, that's where I saw this brought down, someone asked him about this, uh, I, I, think, I think the version, the, the, the version of the question they asked him was, uh, was something like I said before, it's a, a lighting technician or something of that nature, they asked him whether that was, uh, that was okay or not, and he said that he, that he thought that it was not, and, and he brought this tshuva, right? the question they asked him was that, uh, apparently it was a sound technician, somebody, there was Ishaba uh, Mofayim, woman at performances, the person in charge of the amplification, the sound, I guess, is a man. Can we argue about He says, oh, sir, you have to have uh, a woman technician or the musician has to take care of it herself because we don't say Tarabavadaso. He says, a doctor is, uh, is busy focusing on anatomy, on biology. He's focusing on science, on, on techn- the technical aspects of, the, of, the, of his job and therefore he's not focusing on aesthetics, on beauty, on the female form. He's focused on on anatomy and the specific, on anatomy in the medical sense, not anatomy in the, in the prurian sense. But he says, here on the contrary, the whole point is to uh, produce beautiful music, and you're involved in the, in the production of beautiful music. Your whole goal is to make it sound as attractive as you can. Therefore, he says, you can't call that a bit of a turret. The turret is exactly in the aesthetic quality of the, of, of, of the, of the aesthetic quality of the, of the music. So then, so Rav Aviner, following the Kinyan Torah, but the Kinyan Torah says that he does not accept Vidate uh, Torah, but again, both Rav Weiss and, uh, and the Kinyan Torah both note that there were Rabbanim, they don't want to name them, but Rabbanim they seem to have a lot of respect for, who apparently were willing to, uh, were willing to invoke the Svara Vidate Torah, and I believe I've heard that about other Rabbanim as well, who have, who have uh, given certain heterim in this area, to people who are engaged in a professional capacity to have certain leniencies that an ordinary spectator or observer wouldn't have. We certainly know that doctors have been guilty of abuse. I mean, that's been... Yes, yes, absolutely. And also, that, that earlier distinction between the Shomer Mitzvahs and the Goy, he says the Goy is... Is it really what he says? Basar Chamorim Basar they Are they block... Is it just blockheads and asses? actually means they're that they're actually like like asses yeah so so you you, you, you are you, you are you are right he does say that i uh, deliberately omitted that line because it was uh it, it was it was a rather provocative line so i did skip over that the, the reference is to a gemara the, the, the reference is to a gemara that, that in various places makes the comment that basar chamorim basarim zirmasusim zirmasam the gemara does say that in certain halachic contexts they have the status of, uh, of animals. The, the Gemara means different things by it. In, in, in certain places, the Gemara means uh, technical halachas involving yichus, that the yichus doesn't follow, you know, does or doesn't follow the father in certain cases, and so on, and questions about if a non-Jew commits adultery with a Jewish woman, what the status of, of that act is. Uh, he, he's using it to mean that they have uh, animal impulses, which, uh, yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of uh, sanitized it a little bit. I admit that I... Uh, I maybe distorted his kavan a little bit when I said that they simply have different norms about modesty, which I think is true and an important point as well, even though I agree it's not exactly what he said. Yes, exactly what he means by uh, Basar Chamorim 
as I said, you'd have to look up the different uh, cases where the Gemara invokes that phrase and see exactly what it means and how he's using it. But yes, okay. Right. That, thank you very that's much. Correct. I just thought, well, if he's that thick-skinned or a blockhead, then he won't notice, whereas a sugar right. mitzvah might be more refined and might be even more easily Right, so, so, right. so again, I, right. So, so, so I don't think he means in general uh, thick skin. I think he means that with regard to an yadam of erva, that uh, because they have, uh, certainly, because they have, they don't share the scruples that we have, that they, they don't share the, you know, the moral uh, stringencies that we have, they're, 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 they're more apt to think and act and, uh, and fail a certain way than, than, than we are. Okay, so we'll turn now to the tshuva of the Shevet Alevi, Rav Shmuel Vosner, also a Hasidish, one, one, of the, one of the outstanding poskim of the last generation. He was also asked about women who are bathing, rochetzos he calls it, probably means swimming, with, uh, with men in public, in makomos harchatza, in places, in bathing places, in swimming places. Is that Asr Midaraisa? And is it grounds for divorce if she refuses to uh, cease and desist from such activity? Says Ravosner, Dover Pashad Mahod. It is very obvious that this involves a lav daraisa of losa suru. We say it in Kriyashma several times a day. Losa suru achrei levavchem v'achrei nechem. That you, sh- you shall not stray after, uh, after your eyes and your heart. Chazal say that's a reference to znus. Chazal understand that it means don't, uh, don't arouse yourself. Don't, don't, in- don't uh, indulge in, in provocations. That itself is, uh, certainly the act of Znus itself is considered straying, but even the, even the act of uh, voluntary uh, discretionary arousal, that itself is a violation of a lav daraisa of losa suru. We're not talking about someone who deliberately is, is trying to arouse himself, even someone who is just saying, I want to go swimming because it's a hot day and I like the water, but he knows that there are women there, and he knows that it's arousing. That's, that's the way human biology works. So he says, nevertheless, Chazal say, that's what Chazal say, there are faculties a person has over which he does not really have control, his eyes and his ears, what he sees and he hears, if you see it, you can't unsee it, you can't turn off your brain and say that I'm not, uh, I'm not being affected by that. And even if it's only a suffix, he says, even if, there's only, uh, even, if there's, even if there's only a suffix, whether you're going to be affected by it, maybe you won't be, he says, but it's usher. And that, that's still Asr Minat Torah. M- moreover, he says, it's not a suffix, he says. The, the way that, that's how male biology works, he says. That, uh, again, obviously not every man is affected by every single violation of every erva, every single woman, but he says that the way of the world is that men are aroused by, uh, by exposed women. By exposed women, that's, we all know that. Uh, advertising, agent, advertising agencies know that. Women know that. Men know that. We all know that. Uh, brings a Gemara to that effect. He brings uh, you know, various Gemaras that talk about how there's a requirement to avoid temptation because that's the way that's the way men and women work. That's the way Hashem created uh, humanity to be for men to be affected by this. And uh, he, he also he also he also brings the he also brings the Gemaras uh, that we mentioned earlier, the Gemara of uh, and Gittin about it's unthinkable for a woman to bathe in the presence of men. Brings a Gemara in Erevin. It says that if someone passes behind, follows a woman in the river, then he, he loses his chalik in Olam Haba. Uh, what does that mean? So Rashi says, because he sees her, she's exposed. It's a river, she has to pull up her, her skirts and so on. So he, he sees exposed parts of her body that shouldn't be exposed. He forfeits his chalik in Olam Haba. That's very dire. Post can discuss what's meant by that exactly. Rashi says, Ish, that she's a married woman. Ravosner concludes, Lav Dafka. The Issa applies to everything. Maybe the forfeiture of Olam Haba has to do with uh, married women, but certainly the Issa, the, the, the prohibition, the admonition to stay away from Erva applies to any woman who's exposed. And therefore he says, again, is he obligated to divorce her? He says, yes, that's the Gemara Suva, he's supposed to divorce her. Our case is much worse than simply exposing her arms, uh, actually bathing in a bathing suit in public is much worse than that, he says. Certainly, he says, people have to object. If you can stop people from doing this, even one person, one man, one woman, from engaging in this kind of problematic behavior, you have to do that. Ashrei lov, ashrei chelko. But certainly, he says, it's, you know, that's a more complicated question. What, what is the duty on third parties to stop this behavior? But certainly, the, as to the basic question, is this us or a mutter? Certainly, he says, 
this is, uh, this is absolutely prohibited behavior. If someone does this, you can call him a Russia. However, he says, you can call him a Russia in a Torah, in the Odeyash at Torah Asralim. If the person knows that the Torah prohibits this behavior, then you can call him a Russia. And that's a very big if, because most people who engage in this, most Jews who, who engage in this type of behavior, certainly don't think the Torah prohibits it. Uh, certainly Jews who are generally observant, Jews who keep other halachas to, uh, with a great degree of meticulousness, and, uh, but, but yet go mix swimming, certainly uh, do, not, do not accept, do not realize that, according to the, all these poskim, this is Asim and Torah. You wouldn't call such a person a Russia, certainly, but someone who knows and chooses to fly out the halacha anyway, such a person, the Avera itself, objectively, is serious enough that you would call him a Russia, even though, again, he, he's basically acknowledging that this is not wide, this is not necessarily universally understood, even according to him, and therefore he's basically, basically accepting you wouldn't call somebody a Russia insofar as he doesn't realize that it's actually a problem. Ravavadi Yosef adopts a uh, similar view to these other postkin. Again, he was coming from a very different worldview. He was not a... Uh, he was certainly, uh, certainly not uh, a liberal rabbi, but he was uh, also not a Hasidic with their particularly strong emphasis on Tzniyas. His question also was, his question was, in, but in a way, he's even stricter. He was talking about, can a man or a woman bathe Lurafua? They were advised to by their doctors. So can they swim for, for health reasons in a mixed, uh, in a mixed beach? Where, where there's no proper separation between men and women, as there often are in Eretz Israel and the from areas, but uh, can, can, men and women, can, can a person swim together for health reasons? This actually is a much trickier question, because despite the fact that, as Ravadi is going to bring, as all the other posts can bring, the Gemara clearly considers such behavior problematic. Exposure of major parts of the female body to men is considered problematic. However, the Gemara does permit this in some cases when there's no viable solution. So, for example, the Gemara says that the, the Gemara says that if someone passes women who are omdos who are engaged in laundry, where again, where their parts of their bodies are exposed to do their work, so it says that he's a Russia because he's, uh, he's, he, he's needlessly exposing himself to arousal and provocation. However, the Gemara says it depends whether it's ikadar kachrina or lekadar kachrina. Depends whether he has another route, a viable other route or not, that he could take. If there's no other viable route, then it's mutter. He's supposed to close his eyes. If that's possible, if that's not possible, then, then, then again, then you can't. And other postkim in general have invoked this hetzer of lekadar kachrina. Ramosha Feinstein, I believe, has a famous tshuva about going outside in the summer in New York. Public transportation, there are going to be all kinds of people you're going to encounter People always uh, like to joke about how, in the modern era, the way people dress on the subway is, uh, is, is not that different from beach attire. You know, you, 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 watch, you, you watch movies from a century ago, you watch how, whether they're gangsters or people on bread lines, they're certainly businessmen, they're all, wearing, they're all carefully wearing their hats and their vests and their uh, shirts and ties and everything. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the simple people are all you know, careful when they go outside to wear a hat. You know, certainly you don't go around and... Uh, Cutoffs and tank tops in the street. That would have been uh, crazy, cra- crazy making uh, a century ago. But today, people certainly, the, the style, the, the cultural norms are that people do go around outside uh, rather scantily clad. How you let it go outside? How you let it take a subway? There's they, the people right next to you. You're packed into a, in a closed space, people who are exposed. So that, the post can say, that falls into this hector of Leka Dark Achrina, if I have no other practical way to get where I'm going. And I, I do whatever I can to avoid it, but at some point, uh, this is what I have to do, and it's mutter. So one could definitely have argued in Ravavadi's case, if I need to swim, if it's for Rafua, if my doctor has advised me to swim. So again, if I have another option, if I have a uh, separate beach, I should go there. If I have some other exercise, which will be just as salubrious as swimming, maybe I should do that. But assuming swimming is the, is the best exercise for me low impact, aerobic, whatever it is, assuming it exercises the right muscles, assuming swimming is, uh, is an important thing for me, and I have no other viable option to, to do it. One could have argued that uh, that's like Leka Dark Akrina. So Rabadi is going to get into that, but, but, for, but, but first he talks about the, the basic Isser, what he calls Isser Chamer Ma'od, very serious Avera of bathing men and women together. Now again, p- people today often, uh, you know, from people often kind of treat it as axiomatic that mixed swimming is a problem. Again, the mixed, mixed swimming per se is not a problem. The problem is 
exposure in general, that, that, the men, the men, that men, men are not supposed to be in the company of exposed women. Swimming itself is, is maybe just a practical circumstance that women are more often exposed than otherwise, but there's nothing particular about swimming. And that's why, you know, again, most of the sources Rav Ladya brings and Rav Ozner, most of the sources the Post can bring just have to do with uh, improper exposure in general, men being exposed to the, the bodies of women that are not covered. So he brings all the same sources about over uh, Isha and and so on, and uh, he brings me many, many other sources. He has a long discussion about or not, back and forth on that. He brings the, the Gemara I mentioned before about, but he doesn't look at the women who are doing the laundry because they, uh, because they, they, they raise their skirts uh, up and their legs are exposed. So, again, the Gemara says, the Gemara says if, if, if you have another way to go, then it's not just Midas uh, Hasidus not to do it, it's uh, you're, a rush if you, you're a rush if you don't do that. The Gemara says even if you do have a dark arena, but it's still, it's still better to, uh, to turn your head or close your eyes. But certainly he says... Uh, Certainly, he says you still call you still call the Russia if a person has, if a person chooses deliberately to go to a place where women are exposed to swim there. So, so, so it's interesting that Rav Weiss was focusing on the, the problem of the women. It could be the men are even not Jewish; they have no avera, but the avera is for you to be exposed. Rav Adia, at least in this part of the tshuva, is focusing on the avera of the men. The men shouldn't be going places where they can see exposed women. He says. Post can also say Rav Adia goes on and says once it's a problem for the men. It's a problem for the women as well. Of they're placing a stumbling block in the in the path of the blind. You're never supposed to uh, give somebody the opportunity to do an avera. So he bring, he brings the gemara and Gittin and so on. He brings all these various gemaras about how it's wrong for women to expose themselves. It's wrong for men to uh, <coughs> it's wrong for men to bring themselves to a place where they can see exposed women. And therefore, in general, he says it is a uh, a big big problem. Mitzvah Rabbah, he says, Al Rabbanim Yisrael, it is a uh, great mitzvah for the Rabbanim <coughs> to teach, to educate the, the, the severity of this Isser, to stop this, he says, to, very similar language to the other poskim, to remove this michshel, he says, and, and so on, he says, he says the, the Gaone Dereinu, again, he acknowledges it's pretty much contemporary Gaonim, that none of the early poskim talked about this, presumably because it was unthinkable in earlier generations, but uh, he quotes Rav Osner, he quotes from Moshe Feinstein, he quotes the Deborah Ziner and Bear Moshe, he quotes other Svarim, he t- they talk about what uh, he says, and he concludes, Ravadi concludes, that even if you're doing it for Rafua, even if you're not just doing it for recreation, it's not purely discretionary, even if you're doing it for Rafua, for medical reasons, ain makum lahatir, particularly, he says, if you can find a separate beach. Again, he's a little bit cagey uh, about this point, if you cannot find a separate beach, if there is no good solution, would you have the hatter of Leka Darkachrin or not? He doesn't say. He doesn't, certainly doesn't acknowledge that there would be a hatter. He seems to say it's us regardless, but not so clear. Again, one can certainly make a cogent argument that it would be Mutter in that case, but maybe a bad idea regardless. But and then he brings up Chaim Palaji that we began with, that, uh, that places on the shore lead to terrible Averis. Again, not so clear whether it's the mixed swimming itself, which is the terrible Avera, or worse things that can happen between men and women after they spend time together on the beach uh, wearing few clothes. But uh, in any event, Ravadia concludes that people shouldn't do this. Parents should guard their children and uh, guard their boys, their girls. They shouldn't go to these places. And because it, it's unavoidable, you'll end up with all kinds of, all kinds of terrible affairs. Now, Ravadia, I'm sorry, Ravadia now does go on and talk about this idea of Lekadar Kachrina. He says, maybe if you really can't find a separate beach and you need to go swimming, so maybe that would be mutter. And even closing your eyes is only a midas hasidus. So he says, he says that the that no, he, he, he still doesn't think he, just, he still doesn't think that's really justifiable. He says that lekadar kachrina. He says that means when you're just passing by a heter of, of traversing an area where there are women, you're walking to work and there's you know, you're taking a subway to work and there's women on the way. You're just passing by, so he says that you can avoid you can avoid the women while they're there. He says, but to deliberately go to a place in the same pool where all the corners everywhere you turn there are naked women. He says, everywhere you turn there's uh, there's just uh, a, a, a provocative woman. He says, and you can't possibly avoid that again. This can be true on the subway as well. If, you, if you're on a crowded subway in the, in the summer and there are women on the subway, the odds are there'll be many women everywhere you turn who are not dressed properly. But obviously a pool is worse. Uh, the 
beach attire is still uh, still skimpier, scantier than subway attire. So Ravadia says he doesn't think that uh, he doesn't think that this is such a hazard. He actually brings Ramosha. Ramosha Feinstein does say that if you need it for Rafua to be at the beach and you think you can control yourself and you won't be nichshal and hear her in improper thoughts, it might actually be Mutter, he says, if you really can't find any time where the women are not there. So Ramosha does actually apply this idea of Lekadark Achrina. But Ravadi says he's, he's not convinced that this is such a... Uh, that this is such a... Uh, this is such, he, does, he doesn't think this is such a good analogy, such a good hetero, he says... That um, furthermore, he says again, the women at the the women at the river doing the laundry. Some parts of their body, their legs are exposed. You can avoid looking at their legs. He says, here the women are completely undressed. He says, you know, realistically, he says, what kind of man is just going to be able to look at women wearing bathing suits and not uh, not be aroused, not be at all at, at all uh, moved by it? He says he brings uh, he brings he brings proofs to this and so on. He goes on, and he says, in general, he thinks that this is not a valid application of the Hetzer of Leka Darka Achrina, and he says, therefore, he really thinks that, again, he acknowledges there's some basis for leniency, but he thinks it's very dubious, and certainly it's us, or if there are other solutions, if you have uh, another time of the day where there are no women, if you have other beaches, other, other ways to accomplish your goal, certainly then it's us, or he says, but Lemaisi says it's wrong, he thinks it's generally inappropriate, postmen in general are often very strict about erva, because Erva is, Chazal uh, recognized how powerful the Yitzhahara for Erva is. So even with Tzarek Rafur, Rav Avadia says, even if you, uh, he says, what you should do is find some place that, that, that there's no women. If you Try hard to do that, he says. It's a great mitzvah, he says, on the community leaders, those who fear Hashem and, uh, and want to do his will, he says. It's their duty, he says, a great mitzvah for them to try to arrange shepherd swimming, he says, to save many people from these affairs, because... Uh, he says, people are good. People, he says, people want to do the right thing. If they have the option of doing the right thing, they'll be glad to do it, he says. People who are, who are engaged in, uh, in this behavior, he says, of course they have no choice. So it's a great mitzvah, he says, to provide kosher options, provide separate, uh, separate, separate swimming, he says. And, therefore, and, and, and again, he ultimately, he ultimately, uh, he ultimately has the same, the, the same position as all well, the other postgame, as Ravosner, Ravice. As a matter of fact, as we said, he's even stronger than Ramosha. Ramosha, at least, was willing to allow some type of uh, mixed uh, uh, appearance at a mixed beach with Tarek Rafu, and there's no other solution. Ravadi is even stricter, doesn't want to allow even that. And, uh, and, and, he, and he thinks that, you know, try hard to find a good solution. The community, easier in Eretz Israel than, than other places, but uh, certainly easier in large Jewish communities. But try, it, 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 really, it really is a great mitzvah to try hard to arrange for separate swimming options, but even in their absence, Ravadia feels that it's uh, being lenient is very problematic, even for Rafua, although in that regard, at least, again, Ravais and Ravosner didn't discuss Tarek Rafua, Ramosha, Ravadia concedes, is willing to allow a Tarek Rafua under the heter of Lekadar Kachrina, under the heter of, there's, if there's no other way to do it, and a person can control himself, then there's basis for leniency, although Ravadia feels that that's not a good heter, since that hatter was said in a case, you're just passing by women who part of their body is uncovered, but to go into a pool in close quarters with lots of women all over the place who are almost completely undressed, that, Rav Avadya feels, is, uh, is not mutter, even in a case of Lekha Dark Achrina.